Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! SummerSlam weekend, folks, and welcome to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. I'm Graham Jason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and enjoying the wrestling-filled weekend from, man, I mean, you look at Dynamite last night, I thoroughly enjoyed. We got SmackDown tomorrow, Rampage the First Dance, probably more than likely, almost certainly featuring the return of CM Punk to wrestling, moreover than anything else. Of course, we got SummerSlam on Saturday, TakeOver on Sunday. We're talking SummerSlam and TakeOver specifically here today on WrestleRant Radio. Not much time for anything else, as I'm currently in Vegas. If you follow me on social media, you probably already saw. I'm in Vegas as we speak right now uh, for not only SummerSlam, but all the media events leading up to it. I was at a WWE tryout today, which is why this episode is going up so late, and also the fact that we're on the West Coast. So uh, if you're on the West Coast, then you're in luck, but... Um, you know, this episode is going up at like 11 o'clock, almost midnight on the, on the East Coast, and that's why I was at a WWE tryout today. They're doing a press junket tomorrow, SummerSlam on Saturday, and I'm more than likely be at the SummerSlam after party red carpet on Saturday night, which is not something I'm used to at all. That's the first red carpet I will have ever gone to, but that's probably in the cards for Saturday too. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm not a big Vegas guy, but I've been walking around enjoying the sights and sounds and the weather and whatnot for the last couple of days, or really the last day is when I flew in was yesterday. But nonetheless, let's talk about WrestleRant Radio here today. We got Mr. Marceau on the line to help me break down, preview, and predict this weekend's two biggest WWE shows, that is, TakeOver 36 on Sunday and SummerSlam on Saturday. Before that, though, I'll be sharing my exclusive interview from Bleach Report this past week with the number one contender to the WWE Championship at SummerSlam, WWE Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg himself, which is really fucking cool. We talked to Bill before. This is the third interview I've done with him in like five or six years. On the last one, I think I shared here on the show about a year ago, but he's back on WrestleRant Radio here today to talk all about his SummerSlam match with Bobby Lashley this Sunday, or rather this Saturday, at SummerSlam. But before then, guys, WrestleRant Radio available every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursdays. And I implore you to follow me on social media, whether that's Instagram, at Instagram or Mina, or on Twitter, at WrestleRant, Facebook, Ram GSM Matthews, for all my journeys as I venture through Vegas right now and uh, for the entire SummerSlam weekend experience. And there's going to be a lot more cool stuff to come here on the channel. I'll probably be uploading all the content very, very soon. You're not going to want to miss it. So keep an eye out for all that stuff on my socials in the days to come. Until then, guys, enjoy my exclusive interview with WWE Hall of Famer, former four-time WWE World Champion, Bill Goldberg. Hey, Bill, how are you? Oh, I'm old, Graham. How you doing? <laughs> doing great, Bill. How's your weekend been going so far? I know it's Friday, but it's going to be hot this weekend. 
Uh, it's going to be hotter than hell. Uh, I was on my tractor for three hours this morning, <clears throat> multitasking by doing an interview or two there. Uh, mm-hmm. Jumped off. Now I'm sitting on the massage table trying to get uh, some injuries taken care of, and I'm multitasking by doing all these interviews and eating at the same time. So my weekend, fortunately, uh, has started off a little bit busy, although mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to tone it down a little bit. My son's got a scrimmage. A, a full scrimmage tomorrow morning at, from eight to 10. And, uh, you know, man, uh, it's all about chilling out right at this point, you know, coming up to the event uh, a week from tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to calm myself down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're a week away. It's on a Saturday this year, August 21st, Allegiant stadium you mentioned right there, SummerSlam. You mentioned your son Gage. We saw him on TV recently. I mean, the comments that people have been posting online, the transformation from what it was, you know, we saw Gage on TV when you first came back five years ago to how he's looking now. We saw him in the recent uh, WWE. Was it the untold? Yeah. We saw Gage in your untold a couple of months ago. Talk to me about Gage a little bit. I mean, he's looking great nowadays. I appreciate it, man. He's a Goldberg. Uh, and my wife's a stunt woman. So, I mean, he's, uh, he, he was born into a life of pain pretty much, but, you know, and, and taking that into consideration, he's got to train his ass, his ass off as much as humanly possible so that he can be the one that delivers the pain instead of, uh, accepts it and is the, is the recipient, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's, I, I, I don't know how to explain it except for the fact that he's a Goldberg. I mean, we, we moved here to Texas. Uh, when he was in ninth grade, um, I, I let him play football for the first time last year, let him lift weights for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he took to it like, like an ace, man. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. The dedication that this kid has, it's, I don't, I mean, he's a Goldberg. And so uh, there's a lot of drive, uh, you know, that he was born with, but he's, he's taken it to another level and I'm very proud of what he's done and, and how he's, you know, preparing for uh, his upcoming life of physicality. (laughs) I mean, like you said, just there, he's your son. So the fact that he's had this hell of a transformation over the last five years really shouldn't be surprising to a lot of people whatsoever. Uh, We know we saw him recently on raw in the front row. Is he going to be making the trip with you to Vegas next week for SummerSlam to watch a match with Bobby? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a, a permanent fixture with me coming back for sure. So yes, sir. So he was in the he was in the crowd for that most recent appearance on Raw. That's cool. That's, he's going to be joining you next weekend in Vegas. When he watches you in the ring, watches you you know work these couple of matches a year, does he get the itch at all to be like, hey, Dad, what if I'm going to be like, what if I wanted to do wrestling, or do you kind of like steer him off that path if he wanted to do you know what you currently do? I don't steer him off any path. You know, if the kid has an idea of something he wants to do, then I'm going to be a parent that fully supports that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have to, I have to arm him with the information that he has to know uh, in making a decision like that. But, you know, he's a baseball player. He's a football player. Like I said, he's got his first scrimmage coming tomorrow morning. He's, uh, you know, on the varsity, he's the third linebacker. Nice. So, I mean, this kid, this kid went from, you know, playing one year in pads to now he's starting on every special team on the varsity and he's the number three linebacker. So, um, he's nobody gave it to him by any stretch of the imagination. They don't care who I am. It makes no difference. They want to win football games. And if he can help them win football games then he's going to be on the field. And, you know, I, I, 
and I'm a prick to him in that I'm not his best friend. I'm his dad. So I'm going to push him in the direction that I see fit based upon past experience. Mm -hmm. And if he wants to follow in my footsteps on the football field, in the ring, I can do nothing but support him. I would not deter him from anything that he put his mind to and that he was passionate about. And, uh, you know, I, I think the kid's going to be a success at whatever he does. So as long as he uses the application that he's been using, you know, over the past year and a half, uh, I think that the sky's the limit for him, whatever he does, whatever he chooses to do. Most definitely. I mean, like I said, we got to see you guys interact in that untold special and you were kind of like mentoring him in the gym, you know, gym, so to speak, a couple of months ago, which was cool to see. So people can watch that for more, uh, you know, more of that relationship between you and your son, which is awesome. But, you know, the last time we did talk was back in December before that untold special aired a month later, you're back on Raw, competing for the WWE title, facing McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. Biggest difference, obviously, between then and now going into SummerSlam is that we have crowds back now. And especially with yourself, Bill, being someone that kind of feeds off the audience. How much of a difference is that made for you to be back now feeding off the crowd and actually having a match in front of fans for the first time in almost two years? Oh my God, I can't wait. I mean, it, it, I'll be like a kid in the candy store compared to me. I mean, WWE did absolutely the best of their ability to provide, oh, sorry, to provide, uh, you know, the best setting and the best atmosphere for us under the conditions to be able to present the product. And hats off to them and every single person who was involved in making that possible for the fans. Hopefully they all appreciate what was done because it wasn't easy by any stretch. Um, and I must say that the anticipation prior to Drew and I getting into the ring is much different than what's going on right now because there are fans that are going to be in the stands. And it's going to be a, a, a great event because professional wrestling is based upon interaction. And when you don't have that interaction, it, it, it takes a little air out of the sail, to put it mildly. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And coming off that match with Drew back to the Rumble, which was only four or five minutes, but I mean, it was a match full of, you know, action-packed, just action, hard-hitting affairs, stuff like that. Obviously, the match with Bobby's going to be no different. Very similar dynamic. Two totally different opponents, of course. Coming off a match like that, do you already have your sights set on like, all right, when I come back, I want to square up with this person or I want to do this. Or, I mean, even at that point, actually, Bobby Lashley wasn't the WWE champion yet. He wasn't the superstar that he is now. Um, do you kind of like eye your next opponent or have an idea for who you might want to face next or whatever the story might be the next time that we see you on WWE TV coming off your most recent match? You know, I mean, you have that in the back of your mind, but I've always said, you know, and I'll run this in the ground. I ain't on the booking committee. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I can, I can have my sights set on anybody, but it's not my job to make a match. Mm -hmm. um, it's not my job to pit me up against the person that I want. That's selfish. It's, it's not me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here to do, I'm here to do my job and it's their job to put me in a position to where it benefits everybody and anybody and everybody that's involved. And that's part of me coming back. I owe the business a lot because the business has given me just about everything. I never believed in the beginning that it would be that case, but I, 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 I owe the business a lot. I do. I owe Vince McMahon a lot. I owe the 173 people, you know, that, that were a part of my undefeated streak. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I owe the business just about everything and I owe the fans too. And so it's in coming back and doing my job and, and trying to provide the best entertainment humanly, humanly possible. Um, I got to be Goldberg and mm-hmm. that ain't easy. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's very taxing on me mentally and physically, but hell I can do it. And, uh, 21st people are going to see what I got left in the tank because they haven't seen it in a while and I'm going to show them and I'm sure as hell going to show Bobby and he's going to know that he's in the ring with somebody who's a, a, an unstoppable force, whether, you know, I'm 25 or 55 or 105. hundred percent. And I think this is crazy to even think about, but like for the first time with one of your returns coming back in the last couple of years that we've actually had a bit of a notice that you were coming back. Like, obviously you came back on the raw following money in the bank. That's about four or five weeks with the McIntyre match. How the hell do you think I feel? (laughs) That's that's what I was going to ask. So we see you come back, you know, four or five weeks in advance with the McIntyre match. It was three weeks. You're not getting a lot of notice with these matches. And you've talked before how your training was kind of crunched in for all of these matches. How has your training been different for this one compared to all the other ones in recent years? I had twice as much time to prepare, you know, <laughs> and when you're, when you're a guy like me, uh, you know, I try to stay in, in good shape year round, but I don't eat 15,000 calories a day when I'm not supposed to be in the ring. I don't train three, two times a day and get rehab in between the two when I'm not supposed to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I don't need to be 280 pound Jack Goldberg sitting on my tractor for three hours, cutting my lawn. So, um, to be able to get an opportunity to have twice as much time as I normally have to get back in the ring, I've actually found this thing called cardio. Um, I, I you know, it's, it's very hard for a person like me, I mean, I was a 275 pound nose guard in the NFL behind Alvin Wright, who was 350 at the Rams. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've always been a guy that's been undersized. And the problem with training in a short period of time, when you're like 240 or 250, uh, you can only, pardon my French, but you can only shove a, a certain amount of shit in one 10 pound bag. And <laughs> yeah. you, 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 pick, you pick and choose what, you feel as though as going to work with the time that you've been given. And then, you know, you, you pretty much, you know, go out there and you roll the dice and hope that the combination is such that it provides uh, a worthy opponent and a character that the people will appreciate. So, Hey, I've had a little bit more time this time and it's, it's wonderful. I actually, I'm a week out and I, I, went my cardio this morning for the first time in three weeks mm-hmm. you know i do it at night i do it at night also now but uh you know i i just i'm i'm fairly comfortable with the position that i'm in because i'm far uh far in a far better position than i have been in the past and yeah. it helps with my confidence because it's really tough if you don't I could beat Goldberg all I want in my mind, but if I look in the mirror and I don't feel like I'm him, if I don't, if I get under the squat bar and I can't do what Goldberg can normally do, then it sucks. And, 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 you know, I don't, I don't feel good as a performer. And so it translates when I'm out there in, in the ring. And hopefully this time it'll be a little bit different. And, 
all I can say is Bobby's up shit Creek because he'll be the recipient of my, of, of the, of me having double time to prepare. Yeah. God knows what it would be like if I had more time because <laughs> truthfully, I mean, you know, two months. Yeah. That's, that's awesome at all. But once you consider what it, what it really could be, if I had six months to prepare, Oh my God, you know, it'd be unbelievable. But you know, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle too. So, I mean, it's, you, you have to do with what you can with the situation that you've been given. And I'm very fortunate and, and I'm in a much better place mentally having a little bit more time to prep because let's be honest, a pop, name another power wrestler that's come back after a 10 year, 12 year, 14 year hiatus and been even a glimpse of himself, let alone anything close to what he used to be. It's a very tough situation. Um, I, I talked to flair about it many times. It ain't hard to come back and be Ric Flair, you know, cause you're not pressing people over your head all yeah. the time. You're not, you know, growling and, and, you know, head button things. And, you know, you're, a, you're an entertainer. You're not a competitor. Um, and now I don't, let me scratch that. You're, it's just a different character. So yeah. different characters are, are asked to do different things. And under the circumstances, it's not the easiest, but hell I'm here. I can do it. And uh, we're going to see on Saturday, you know, what, what benefit that I've been able to have by having, you know, twice the amount of time to prep. Yeah, exactly. For the first time in a while, too, they got to they got to start giving you notice. Like after the rumble from last time, they got to start giving you notice six months in advance when your mat when your next match is going to be. So you have more time to prepare. But as we wind down here, Bill, you know, you talked about Bobby Lashley. That's who your opponent is next Saturday at SummerSlam. There's also the X factor there. We got a Mister Money in the Bank in the cards right now. Big E having just won the briefcase about a month ago. He's gone on the record a bunch of times and saying that he wants a match with Bill Goldberg at some point. Um, is is the threat of him cashing in on your mind at all and your thoughts on a potential match? with Biggie at some point because he really wants it. Hey, man, I'd love for nothing more than to get in the ring with Biggie. I mean, there are so many reasons why I'd love for that to happen, but I ain't worried about him right now. I'm mm-hmm. worried about Bobby Lashley, period, end of story. If there's, an, if there's another chapter to that story and he shows his face and something, does whatever, then I'll deal with it. But right now, my, I, you know, my sights are completely set on Lashley. Yeah. And speaking of lastly, final question for you, Bill, next weekend, you, Bobby, it's going to be for the WWE championship. Your thoughts on Bobby Lashley's rise since the last time we saw you in WWE TV earlier this year and what people can expect out of this match next Saturday. As a person, I'm extremely proud of him as a, as a, as a, uh, as an opponent, I, I, you know, let's just say that I'm, I'm going to be karma because the way that he's gone about his business, his character, I'm not a big fan of. Mm -hmm. So I greatly, as a human being, I'm way, I'm a Bobby Lashley fan. There's no doubt about it. I always have been, you know, big monstrous athletic guy that poses a huge threat to anybody and everybody that gets in the ring with him. Hey, I want to go against that guy. I ain't shying away from him. Give me the biggest, baddest, some bitches you got. But, um, you know, he's, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna see what it's like to be in the ring with me. And I'm sure he's fantasized about it for 20 years or whatever, as I have being in the ring with him. But, um, you know, be careful what you wish for big boy. 
That's all I got to say. It's going to be a great match next Saturday at Legion Stadium, Bill. You and Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Thanks so much for the time, Bill. As always, such a pleasure talking to you, and best of luck next weekend. Pleasure's mine. Thank you very much, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Bill. Enjoy the scrimmage tomorrow as well. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Thanks to Bill Goldberg for the time. Always such a pleasure talking to him. But now we got to transition into my conversation with the one, the only, the returning Mr. Marceau to help me break down SummerSlam and TakeOver 36 this stacked weekend in wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. I mean, obviously, having been at two SummerSlams, we talked about it last year, but kind of take me through your SummerSlam memories. Actually, no, you've been to... I was going to say two. I've been to two, but you weren't at the same two that I was. We were at 2015 together. I went to 2016. You didn't. But you were there in 06 in Boston, though, right? Oh, yeah. I think it was like what, Big Show or Sabu. Am I, oh, am my I God. Yes, I am only remembering that just because you brought it up. That match was terrible. Amazing. Great stuff. <laughs> uh, no, it was a good time. I mean, your memory is always better than mine. I have a really pretty bad. only memory I can remember for some reason is... Uh, Hell in a Cell 2016. I don't know if it's that show was so bad that I can remember everything, but I mean, that was a good. I remember that was a good show. I think Edge beat Cena in, in Boston, and they rematched the next uh, next month, and then they had uh, I think oh, it's DX. I feel like DX faced someone, but the McMahon's I mean, right. I think it was. Yeah, and then but the Batista won the belt back. Um, Didn't they do well, Flair and Foley that night? Yeah, it looks like Flair and Foley and I quit. That was terrible. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan beat Randy Orton clean as a shit. I remember that, yes. I forgot about that match. Everyone always talks about Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan from SummerSlam 05, but a lot of people tend to forget that Hogan's final WWE match was against Randy Orton 15 years ago. And he beat him clean as a sheep. Beat him clean as a sheep. Putting over the young guy on the way out as only as only Hulk Hogan can. And he, and he won at SummerSlam the year prior as well against Shawn Michaels. Um, he wasn't at SummerSlam 02. He lost to Brock Lesnar, I believe, on the go-home show. But Hogan's had a lot of memorable SummerSlam matches, as has Randy Orton, Bret Hart, Brock Lesnar. Um, I would put SummerSlam up there as one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely top three. Um, I mean, it's the biggest part of the summer. It's just WrestleMania of the summer. Some shows are better than others. Some are more forgettable than others. But I feel like normally um, it usually culminates with a good moment leading into uh, the fall season, which is usually a, a downer in WWE, unfortunately. But that's what it kind of does. It culminates the summer and it brings on the terrible fall we'll get. <laughs> that, it's almost like clockwork. Every single September, you know, November, October, it's it's the same thing. Almost every single fall, it's just, just terrible programming. So hopefully that's not the case this year, but we can only hope. I, I very much doubt that will be the case, but... We'll soon see. But we got SummerSlam to tackle first before then. Um, I'm in Vegas right now sitting in a hotel where Mr. Marceau, I wish you were here, bringing me back memories of Double or Nothing weekend two and a half years ago, my first time in Vegas with you. I know. I wish I was there. I'm, I'm a little disappointed I didn't get to go. But uh, <laughs> if, I planned yeah. it, if I knew about this ahead of time, if I knew about this like a month or two ago, we would have maybe figured something out so you can come with me too. I wish I could have gone. I love Vegas. Big Vegas, yeah. <laughs> We got to plan our next road trip, but we were discussing the other day. You may you may not be here in Vegas right now, but Survivor Series, dude, is coming to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn in just a few short months. You've made the trip up before. It is a hike from where you are in Massachusetts, but you made the hike up for Mania Weekend a few years ago. You came up for SummerSlam 2015 six years ago. Uh, what's your interest level or slash expectation for potentially coming up for Survivor Series in a couple of months at the Barclays Center? 
Definitely up there. I'm definitely interested. I gotta get that show with you, son. <laughs> Good old New York, too. My fucking least favorite city, probably beyond um, Las Vegas. I've only been here a day. I've only been back a day, and we didn't really... Actually, no, you and I walked around during the day when we were here. It was only a night. I mean, actually, even during the day, it was just reeked of pot, and there were people walking all about all over the place. And I don't know if that was... Maybe it was because it was Memorial Day weekend, and maybe that was a factor. But at the same time, though, the Pacquiao fight is on Saturday, too, here. It's right after SummerSlam, so... I thought it would be busier. I guess I'll find out when I leave again in a little while. But, uh, yeah, Survivor Series is going to be awesome, hopefully. And it is confirmed for the Barclays Center. We now know that for a fact. Um, but speaking of, you know, the big pay-per-views, we'll get to the SummerSlam prediction second. I do want to tackle TakeOver first. Mr. Marceau, you said last week, I think, to me, um, on the show and over text, whatever, that on paper, this card for TakeOver looks sexy as hell. One of the sexiest TakeOvers they've done to date, recent memory, do you still stand by that statement with another match or two being added to the card this past week? Yes. You do? Okay. So we got five matches in total. I thought we had a sixth one, but I guess not. So we got O'Reilly Cole, LA Knight Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship, Gonzalez and Kai, Joe and Cross, Dragunov, Walter. I'm a little surprised they're not doing Isaiah Swerve Scott and Santos Escobar, but I guess they're holding off a little bit on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something you can wait for. You can do that on on TV to kind of pump something up on TV. But I thought that I honestly thought they'd put it on the show. But that could be another like a main event on a on a takeover coming out. Yeah, or not next uh, like a weekly NXT edition. Yeah, well, we are getting Legato and Hit Row next week on the show. In addition to the finals, I thought we might get that on Sunday as well, but I guess not. Yeah, I was hoping we got the finals, and then I'm pretty sure when uh, I first brought up, you're like, "Oh, that's probably going to be on NXT." So um, I think it's like a like like we said with Escobar and Swerve. I feel it's like a nice like main event to a NXT weekly NXT show. I figured they would do it on the pre-show because usually they do a pre-show for these takeovers, or at least they have in recent takeover. It's not consistent, but sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Um, but we are getting it next week. That being said, what is your prediction for the finals of the NXT Breakout Tournament? Odyssey Jones or Carmelo Hayes? I'm going with Ossie Jones. I think I, I think they're high on him, and I think he's going to be a star. I think he might break out immediately to the main roster, considering that he's been appearing in the dark matches the last couple of weeks. Exactly. He's going to break right out of NXT, right onto SmackDown. <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, that being said, though, talk about this takeover a little bit as far as like the arena goes. We talked about it a little bit last week. I asked you about it. I mean, this is going to be a great takeover. I don't want to go in with a negative mindset at all, but I just really wish this was in a building. Maybe not even here in Vegas, but even whether it be in, in Florida or somewhere. I just I feel like they're really missing a grand opportunity here to um, do something cool inside of an arena with takeover. I know maybe it's a COVID thing. Obviously, the Delta variant's going around right now. The mask mandates are coming back. But I don't know. If WWE can do SummerSlam in a 70,000-person uh, 70, arena, stadium on Saturday. I can't see why they can't do a takeover at a smaller venue, whether it be here or in Florida or elsewhere. I'm disappointed this this show won't have that big fight feel that all the other takeovers have in years past, like TakeOver New York when we won a few years ago. Yeah, it's kind of sucky that's going to be at the uh, Performance Center, but uh, it might be a COVID thing or they just really don't know what's going to look like. I don't know if they couldn't get an arena in Vegas. They just kept it at CWC, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I wish it was at a bigger arena, like you said, it kind of a more of a big time field than and it does at the performance center, unfortunately. Yeah, the CWC. But hopefully it should still be a solid show. I'm looking forward to it, especially with what we have on tap here. Let's start at the bottom, work our way up. Just announced on Tuesday, LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes three. 
for the Million Dollar Championship. LA Knight won the first two matches, including a takeover in your house. He won the rematch at Great American Bash. Grimes has been his um, butler ever since, his Virgil, so to speak. If Knight wins again on Saturday, or Sunday rather, he will not only still be the Million Dollar Champion, but Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man himself, becomes LA Knight's new manager. Now, Ted DiBiase, I love the guy. The guy can barely walk. It's 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 clear that he has trouble walking to the ring um, in the last couple of appearances he's made on the show. I don't think he's going to have a regular role moving forward. I feel like this is just a stipulation. This is a slam dunk win for Cameron Grimes, and I, I honestly feel like a little bit that they've rushed it because I feel like they could get at least one more takeover out of this. Like, don't put them on this show. Hold this match out for, like, the next takeover. But nonetheless, I'm looking forward to this, and I think the story's been great so far, and I got a Grimes win as well. Yeah, I think this is, uh, Grimes has to win here. Uh, I like Ted DiBiase, too. I think it's a nice little cameo for him to come back, but, um, Grimes losing again would kind of solidify him as a glorified loser, so, I like what they've done so far. I think I completely agree with you that they have rushed it. I feel like their last match was, like, maybe less than a month ago by my terrible memory, um, (laughs) and I feel like they only did, like, a few skits of him. They kind of got on off the same page again, and now they're doing the the rubber match, I guess, or the third series of match. So I think they could have easily drawn it out a little bit longer, but I guess they're kind of done with it at this point. Hey, long-term storytelling, right? Oh, my God. No, you started here, so. <laughs> no, no AEW talk today, but um, you know, not a lot to talk about. I really enjoyed Dynamite last night, but we'll kind of get back to it next week, especially with the potential Punk debut on Friday's uh, Rampage. I'm going to Dynamite. Um, but also on the show for the NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai. I love the video packages for this feud. I thought the side-by-side interview on Tuesday was really well done. Um, I thought Dakota Kai got the better of Raquel. Raquel has been holding her own in, in this role. There's no clear-cut babyface, but that's nothing real new for NXT. They kind of do a lot of heel versus heel feuds. But I think this could be a really good match. I think Dakota Kai bumping her ass off could get a really great match out of Raquel Gonzalez and probably one of her better matches to date. Um, so your thoughts on this, and I, what I like about it too, is that it could go either way, dude. I wanted I wanted Dakota Kai win here. Not only do I want it, but I see there's a chance it could happen. I'm maintaining that Raquel's going to win, but I could see a possibility of Dakota Kai becoming champion at long last as well. Yeah, I think this is a toss-up. I mean, it's not a clear cut. I think this person's going to win. I, If I had to say, I kind of have a feeling that Kai, that Kai will win. Um, I think it's I, if it's not now, it's never. Um, I think there's a better chance that Kai could win here and you have Gonzalez go up to the main roster than Kai losing here and she'd go up. I just don't see that happening right now. So I'm leaning towards Kai, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate either way. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it either way either. And I think they can at least get another match out of this, whether it be on TV or at the next takeover. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Dakota Kai was on main event last week, which isn't really saying anything because like Odyssey Jones has been on there, Austin Theory, among other people. She was on main event last week, dude, and she lost to, she faced and lost to fucking Aaliyah to the worst DDT I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know what exactly what that's an indicator of, but um, not a great sign. But hey, it's Aaliyah. She spent six years in developmental, made so much, uh, made a lot of strides, right? I was going to say, she went to that same training center that Ariane went to. I bet you she's, <laughs> she's got all the tools in the shed now. She got all the tools in the shed to be a big star. She was on breaking ground. We saw her career skyrocket, and she's going to be a future champion for sure. I'm, I'm absolutely positive about it, I guess. Um, let's move on over to, um, let's go NXT United Kingdom Championship. Walter Ilya Dragunov. I love the fact that, one, this is happening on a takeover, live, not taped, um, in front of a crowd. The last match was amazing, no crowd. So with the crowd, even though it's not as many people as it should be, it should still be great. 
Um, what I've also liked too is that they've gotten both guys on the show in recent weeks. We've seen Walter on NXT TV a lot, obviously, but we haven't really seen Ilya on NXT at all. Like he was at Worlds Collide last year, but that's about it. So people who only watch NXT and not NXT UK and aren't really familiar with Ilya or his story or their feud have gotten a great look at him in the last two weeks in matches with Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. I mean, it doesn't get much, you can't find two better opponents than that right there. So that being said, I think this is Ilya's time. I mean, obviously he lost the first one. Walter has completely decimated the entire NXT UK roster. There is literally no one left to the point where people are leaving NXT UK and going elsewhere because they can't win the top championship because Walter has beaten these people. But I do think Ilya is winning here and becoming the new NXT UK champion, Mr. Marceau. Yeah, I think it's Walter's time to fall, unfortunately. I love Walter, um, but the guy's been champion for, I think, almost two years, if I'm, I think, or Over even two longer. Years. We, we were there when he won it, um, when you said NXT UK Wrestling sucks, and um, you almost got hung from the rafters for it at Barclays in April of 2019. Yeah, I just think it's time. I don't know, I feel like it was kind of like when Asuka at the very end, she just ripped through that NXT Women's Division. Obviously, she just, like, uh, v- vacated the belt or gave the belt up, but I mean, it got to a point, she literally had no challenger, she had beaten everyone like multiple times over, so I like Walter, I think Ilya's good, um, I think it's going to be a great match, and I think Ilya will win here. What do you think the future holds for Walter in WWE? Does he stick around in NXT, or does he pull a Pete Dunne and move on to NXT proper? Um, I would honestly rather see him on the main roster, but I don't know if that'll ever happen, so I'd rather see him on regular NXT just because it's more for him to do. Um, if he goes back to NXT UK, I mean, what's what else is he going to do? Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd prefer to see him on regular NXT. Maybe do a rematch and he loses or whatever. But either way, I would rather see him go to regular NXT. Main roster, ideally, but with the way this company works, I just have no faith about that whatsoever. Um, we move on over to Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, three stages of hell match. They're not calling it that, but that's what it is. The exact same stipulations that the Cole and Gargano match had back at TakeOver Toronto two, two years ago. Um, first fall, regular wrestling. Second fall, street fight. Third fall, steel cage if necessary. It's a clear-cut Adam Cole loss here, I would think, and probably his final match in NXT. I see no way these guys stay on the same show, um, regardless of who wins here. But I got a Cole loss here and Kyle O'Reilly going over. What about you? Yeah, even though it's predictable, I think it's going to be a great match. Kyle O'Reilly's going to win here. Um, but I think it's going to be a great match. These guys have amazing chemistry. Hopeful this is not the last time we see Adam Cole in the WWE, but whoever, who knows at this point. I'm holding a hope that maybe maybe they'll actually use him correctly and mm-hmm. Vince won him over, but I, I think it might be the last time, unfortunately, we see him in WWE. Do you think that this is his swan song? Even if he stays in WWE and he goes to the main roster, is this it for him in NXT, you think? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Even if he goes to Raw or SmackDown, which I mean, personally, I don't want to see just because I mean, I, know, I love I love Adam Cole, and I've said to you before, I wanted to see him in WWE. I mean, you wrote that whole article five six years ago about people that would be perfect for WWE, him being one of them. Um, just the main roster is all over the place, but we get to the main roster carrying Cross Samoa Joe NXT Championship. I mean, case in point, to go from one discussion to another about main roster booking and whatnot. I mean, look no further than carrying Cross. He's not ruined. I will tell you that right now. I. I don't know if I've ever said he was ruined, but um, I, I don't know if I said he was ruined. I said he was heavily damaged, and I do maintain that. Um, the undefeated streak not being intact definitely hurts my anticipation level for the match. They've done what they can with the build on NXT TV itself. The cross shit on Raw is just completely fucking... I don't know why they even bother to fucking call this guy up. It's been completely pointless. Um, he is losing here. 
obviously. It says here on Wikipedia with Scarlett. We haven't seen Scarlett since he got called up because I don't know if they plan to put her with him on the main roster. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole thing here, Mr. Marceau? We've talked about it a lot before, but your prediction and your thoughts on the feud and the cross situation and everything else. Oh, I mean, Samoa Joe's going to win here, unfortunately. Uh, I like, unfortunately? Yeah, I mean, I like Karrion Cross. I think it's unfortunately because I, I think Joe belongs on the main roster. So okay. Gonna, I'd rather him go to the main roster, but I just don't think that's going to happen, so... Uh, we'll see what happens here. I like Cross as well, but like you said, I don't think he's ruined. I think it needs to be improved. I just not that he's not. I don't even know how to describe it. It just I like Cross. I think he's good on his own. I just at the end of the day, we've discussed this multiple times. I just don't. I don't think many people are as big of a fan of him as we are. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like people see him on the main roster as like boring and like. Mm-hmm. It is, but I mean, I love Cross, so I, I hope they kind of figure it out. Hopefully, it's just they call them up, they get them up, and maybe they'll figure it out at the SummerSlam. But I usually don't really trust them, so we'll see here. But I think Samoa <laughs> Joe won here, uh, and then Cross to the main roster. But I, I think I'd rather have Joe on the main roster than him winning NXT. Yeah, the whole thing still doesn't make sense to me. I have no idea if Joe was so close to getting cleared, why the fuck they would release this guy. I mean, I still maintain that. I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I don't work there, but I thought that, okay, they pulled him off commentary. That means he'll be in the post-WrestleMania Raw or SmackDown, stepping back in the ring or at least close to it, whatever. And we didn't get that. They just fired him a week later, and then NXT immediately rehired him back. So, I don't know. There's There's a real lack of communication going on there between the two shows. Uh, whether it be WWE and NXT or whatever. So, anyway, yeah, I think Cross loses here. Reports the main roster full-time. Best of luck to him. I don't know what they really have in store, if anything. Maybe they're holding off on anything meaningful for him until after TakeOver. That's me being optimistic. Realistically, I have no fucking clue. It really is a gamble when you go to these shows, specifically Raw, but time will tell. Uh, let's talk about the main roster. Let's immediately transition into one of the least anticipated matches on the show, just to get out of the way. SummerSlam on Saturday, Mr. Marceau. Let's, let's open it up with this. Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. Dude drop in Eva Marie's corner. Lily probably making her presence felt here. I just... I know you've actually grown to like the whole Alexa Bliss thing. I think it's still fucking terrible. I don't even hate Eva Marie or the whole dude drop, the whole dude drop thing. There's just not a face here. Not that there has to be. I just... For me, it's hard to care. I really just don't give a fuck about the match, and I'm kind of surprised they're even doing it. Um, but I think Alexa Bliss maintains her undefeated streak or whatever. I don't think she's lost in a while, so I think she wins here. Uh, what do you say? Oh, yeah, Alexa Bliss going to win here. I mean, it's not my favorite thing of all time, but I'm a big Alexa Bliss guy, so get her on TV. And it, it could use some more tinkering. Um, the whole Lily thing is kind of silly, but I'm, look, I'm, I'm willing to look past it, uh, get her on TV at least, and... Uh, I mean, Eva Marie's terrible, so Alexa Bliss went here, hopefully. I'm very curious to see what the reaction is going to be inside the arena, and it doesn't always reflect how it actually is based on what you hear because they're adding in the fake crowd noise now, so they could pump in a bunch of cheers for this or booze or whatever, and it wouldn't be what it actually is. But I'm very interested to see what the reaction is um, come Saturday for this matchup. Let's go from that to another Raw matchup, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, just to get it out of the way here. Um, Drew and Jinder fucking feud that we, I don't think, I, I think I speak for you as well, that no one really gives a shit about. It's been the same stuff every single week. Drew beating Veer, Shanky, both of them at the same time. Um, they will not be at ringside on Sunday, and McIntyre can't have his sword for whatever the fuck that's worth. If he wants to murder Jinder, he can bring his sword to ringside and use it on him. But otherwise, it's a standard singles match. 
Um, you know, the only real positive to this feud, actually two things. One, it's kept McIntyre like on the good with in the good graces of fans because people are cheering him more. Because if he was up against someone that people like just as much, if not more than him, he suffers in that regard. Like if he faced John Cena, he'd probably get booed. But because no one gives a shit about Jinder Mahal, they're going to cheer Drew McIntyre. The second thing is that it's kept him out of the title picture. So it serves its purpose in that regard. Um, but Drew has completely dominated every step of this feud, making me think that Jinder might win. But I'm going to maintain a McIntyre win here on Sunday. I feel like him, McIntyre losing again after losing in almost every pay-per-view since WrestleMania would be fucking dumb. Yeah, this feud had momentum. It had a chance to be good, but they've done terrible booking. The whole sword and motorcycle thing was dumb. Him just beating up Veer and Shanky, who cares? Uh, Drew winning, like I said, the only positive is keeping him busy now the title picture, but besides that, there's nothing positive about this feud. Jinder's terrible. Um, if Drew doesn't win here, there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the feud might continue. That That's the problem. I think it actually will continue, probably, right? Because they don't have anything else for either guy to do, specifically Drew. Uh, please, no. Do you think Drew might go to SmackDown in the next draft? It's possible. I'd like to see him and Roman at WrestleMania. Just to- Throw it out there. If they don't do Roman and um, Rock, right? Because that's the current plan, I think. I thought that was rumored. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see Drew and Roman, honestly. They're like the big two Titans right now in WWE. Mm-hmm. Why not? They had a great match in Survivor Series last year. If it's not at WrestleMania, I want to see it. At, I mean, we're going to see it at some point, I'm sure. Um, especially in front of fans, because they had a great match at Survivor Series, and that was in front of nobody. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that again at some point. Heading over to SmackDown, tag team titles on the line. The Mysterios going back for the belts against the Usos. Rematch from Money in the Bank. You know, I don't know. It's gone back and forth as far as the booking on TV. They're heating up the Profits right now who are coming off two wins on TV. They're, they got momentum. They're over. I think the Profits are next in line for a title shot. I really like Alpha Academy. You do as well, right? Did we establish that? Big Alpha Academy guy. Okay, so yeah, you're digging them as well right now. I don't think they're entering title contention anytime soon. They haven't won any real matches lately, which is a shame. They were pushing them pretty aggressively for a while, and I don't know if they gave up or if they're just holding them off until something else. I don't know. But the Profits got the momentum. Um, I think the Usos win it. We get a rematch from a few months ago on the show, and the Usos beat the Profits. So, um, yeah, I think the Usos hold on to the gold here. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I like the Mysterios, but, I, I mean, like you said, I think they're heating up the profits to get another title run at the Usos. Um, I wouldn't take the belts off the Usos right now. I think they're paired with Roman. It wouldn't make too much sense to take it off them. Yeah, no, and the thing is, too, I think they have a pretty... We talked about this when we reviewed SmackDown last week, but they actually, for only four teams, or five teams technically, SmackDown is a solid tag team division. I mean, they don't have a shit ton of teams, like an AEW or something. But they're all on TV pretty consistently. Even Rude and Ziggler recently resurfaced. Uh, Mysterios are the you know number one contenders. They're always on the show. The Usos are always on the show. Alpha Academy not being aggressively pushed right now, but they're always on the show. The Profits are back now. They've been on the show the last couple of weeks. So that's a good sign. I do like that about the division. And they're all talented teams, and they're all having very good matches. Um, back over to Raw, United States Championship rematch from a recent Raw where Priest beat Sheamus in a championship contenders match. This time, the Star-Spangled Prize is on the line, Mr. Marceau. This one's another one that can go either way. Sheamus has been champion since Mania for the last, what, four and a half months? He's defended the belt one time on TV. I think it was against Carrillo in like a 10-second match, but he was injured for a while. They didn't have him defended. It was just weird. I like Sheamus in this role. It was a nice consolation prize for him to win this championship following the losses to Drew. 
But Priest is the one with the momentum right now. I mean, he's the one firing at all cylinders. You know, we talk about, or at least I, you know, I mentioned it with Cross and whatever. The NXT call-ups, they don't always get right. They have a terrible track record when it comes to that stuff. Priest, you know, for all this company's faults, they've handled him very well. Like, the Miz and Morrison shit ran its course months ago. But at the same time, he's beaten them every single time. He's racked up win after win after win. I don't think Priest has even been beaten in a one-on-one match yet. So I'm going to say Damian Priest wins here and we get a new United States champion. Yeah, Priest here. See how I win. Um, like you said, I don't think he's lost yet. He's done very well. They booked him extremely well. Um, even like the Miz and Morrison stuff did run run his course a while ago, but like you said, he's, he won every time. So at least they kept him strong in that regard. But uh, him being Sheamus here would be would be big for him. Like we always say, winning at the big shows helps, and winning here instead of whatever the next pay per view is would make a, a, a make him seem like a bigger deal of fans and. I, I would be down for that. So I, I got Priest here. I think this could be a career moving one. Yeah, and especially coming off of, you know, his win at WrestleMania alongside Bad Bunny has got momentum in that respect as well. He did take time off for a little bit to deal with some sort of issue or injury or whatever. But he's back now and he's still, to my knowledge, undefeated one on one. So. I'm looking forward to this match. I think their first match was really good. They should work very well together. And honestly, if you told me a year or two ago, hey, they're going to call up Ricochet, Aleister Black, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, and all these other people, and the one guy they might get it right with is Damian Priest, I would not believe you. But they've done actually a great job building him up, and I hope to see him win on Saturday. Um, let's see, back to Raw as well, still on the Raw show here. Raw Tag Team Championships made official this past week. We're getting it on Saturday, finally. AJ Styles and Omos, who I thought I saw in an airport the other day, taking on Randy <laughs> Orton and Riddle for the Raw Tag Team titles. I think this has been the best thing going on Raw right now. I've been really digging this story, and I think everyone's played their roles really well. This should be a great match, and the time is right, I think, for an Orton and Riddle tag team win. Yeah, this has been probably the best thing on Raw, honestly. Uh, the whole RK Pro stuff. Even when Art, uh, Orton was off TV and, and Riddle was teasing it and kind of playing it off, this has definitely been the best stuff on Raw. And uh, the times now, uh, RK Pro needs to win the belts. Do you think, and I think we've mentioned this before, but do you think from there they can split up Omos and AJ and have AJ either go back, maybe not split them up, but have AJ go back to being a singles competitor, maybe do Priest and AJ for the United States Championship or put them back in the WWE title picture maybe? Yeah, I think they can utilize them in a better role. Um, not that the tag team's been bad, I just feel like he just, he, unfortunately when you're with a seven-foot giant you're kind of the, and you're a smaller guy, you're the one that bumps for everyone, so it has made AJ Styles at least for me, look a little bit weaker than he should be. I mean, he's bumping around for Eric and Ivar like he's some job guy, which is <laughs> which is terrible. I mean, it's like saying like Daniel Bryan's in a tag team when he just bumps around for shitty people all the time. So, uh, I, I hope this kind of signifies his tag team reign. It was good for a while it lasted, um, but he needs to be a bigger star. He only has a few years left. Might as well just not waste them all. Yeah, I mean, at least this is a prominent feud, and it should be a great match. And, you know, Orton and Riddle are top stars as well, but we don't know that Orton's contract expires next year. We know AJ might be done full-time wrestling next year. I don't want to see him waste his final major pay-per-views and tag team stuff. Although, you know, he's he's great, don't get me wrong, and it's been enjoyable, and it's helped gotten Omos over, but I, I want to see him utilized in a singles capacity. Um, but, yeah, no, I've enjoyed this. We'll see where they go with it going forward. Um, I've really been enjoying the build. I think Orton and Riddle work very well together. But the time is now to put the belts on him, absolutely. I don't know what the hell you do with the rest of the division. They have nothing of a tag team division. The Raiders came back, got a title shot or two, lost, and we haven't seen them since. So, I don't know. Time will tell. 
Um, still on Raw here, Raw Women's Championship Triple Threat Match, Mr. Marceau, Nikki Ash, defending against both Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I'm looking forward to the match. The Nikki Ash stuff is for you. It's not for me. I think it's garbage as far as the character is concerned. I'm just not a fan of it, but... I don't know. I feel like if you really want to solidify her as a top star, you can't have it both ways. I think we've discussed this before. Vince wants to make people a star. He wants to put the belt on people, make them a star. And then you got the belt on him. And then they're booked like losers. Thankfully with her, I mean, she did lose this week. I'm pretty sure. She got beat by Rhea Ripley clean. She got beat by Charlotte a week after she won the championship. But she also did beat Charlotte the week after that. So I don't know, dude. If you're going to go full throttle with this, go full throttle with it and give her the win here. Um, I feel like I like Rhea, Charlotte winning the belt. It's like, why would you even take it off of her after a day? Just maybe to boost her win-loss or boost her number of title reigns. I like that it's unpredictable, but I am nervous they're going to take the belt off of Nikki and put it right back on Charlotte for literally no fucking reason. Um, but I'm going to say Nikki Ash. I'm going to stick with that, though. I'm, I'm right there with you. If you're going to do it, you might as well go full throttle. Um, you can't just put the belt on her and expect her to become a star overnight. You need a, she needs a signified win. Um, winning here would definitely do that. Um, putting the belt on Charlotte would literally make no sense. It would literally just giving Nikki Ash a one-month Tyler run, and then she'd just lose the belt, and would, she'll be on main event losing to Lee on two weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry to go to Kay. No, she's got to win here, absolutely. Um, let's see, from SmackDown, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and I haven't heard anything about this. We're recording this on Thursday, and I'm sure the match is still on. There's no issues and whatever. But they missed live events last weekend. I don't know why. It wasn't just one show. It was two. Um, I haven't heard anything else about that. I thought it might have been a COVID thing. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. I haven't heard any of the reports on that, so I'm sure they're okay, and we're still getting the match on Saturday, thankfully. Um, This is another one, dude. I've really enjoyed the build for this on SmackDown. I think the way they structured this with Bianca beating Sasha at Mania... She got really, really over from that, capitalized on it, won a bunch of matches, beat Bailey a few times, uh, bringing Sasha back for not money in the bank, not for Hell in the Cell, not for Backlash, but for SummerSlam. And we're getting a WrestleMania rematch, which was the main event of Mania, on the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. So the way they've structured this, I've been a big fan of. I think this should be a great match. I think a lot of people are expecting a Bianca win here. I don't think she needs to win. I think to prolong the feud, and I think they should prolong it, SmackDown is a good women's division. I mean, where the fuck is Tony Storm? I mean, look in the bottle, the, the back of a fucking mig, uh, milk cart, and you'll probably find her face there. My God, Tegan Knox is. I think she was on the show last week, but I mean, Tegan Knox's last name, last name might be on that milk carton because they took that away. Her first name, not her last name. But nonetheless, I do think they should prolong the program, and I think they got. I think the only way to do that, dude, is to have Sasha Banks become champion again here. Yeah, I think Sasha's gonna win here. I don't think Bianca needs the win either. Uh, have her win here, you know, Bianca back in chase mode and at least keep the feud going for a little bit. Uh, haven't seen Tony Storm in a few weeks. Like I said, she, maybe she's a witness protection. Haven't seen her. <laughs> and Knox and uh, Shotzi have been on the show a few times, so I'm not too worried about them. Storm, it just was kind of weird. They called her up. She wrestled like two weeks in a row, and then we haven't seen her since. So. Not, even, not even two weeks, dude. One week. One match. Chris uh, once she wrestled two weeks in a row. Maybe not. But, yeah, maybe they're waiting until after WrestleMania, or WrestleMania, after SummerSlam to maybe figure something out with her. But uh, they got to get her on TV. I don't know why they called her up at that point. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I know they want to call her up and give her the idea, you know, send this idea that, oh, you know, we're calling up new people and we're doing new things and all this other shit. But I don't know. I just feel like just wait until after SummerSlam. If she wasn't going to be on the card and you weren't going to feature on TV, because they don't think the shit out, obviously. They rewrite the shows the day of, hours before, an hour before, 30 minutes before. 
I mean, we hear stories about that all the time. I just would have waited until after SummerSlam, but hey, that's just me. I don't book the shows. Um, I think Sasha's winning here as well. Maybe, you know, Bianca can always get the belt back in the rubber match at some point. I mean, Bianca can win here, and I wouldn't complain. I just think if you really want to drag this out, Sasha losing two matches in a row, I just, I don't know why you would do a third one um, unless she gets the belt back ultimately, which I don't think I would do. So I think Bianca's going to win here. That's my prediction as well. Um, let's see. I think we got most of the matches. Edge and Seth Rollins up next. No championships. One of the few matches on this show that is not a title match. But it's been in the making, dude, since 2014, since I fucking met you, essentially. For as long as I've known you, this match has been in the making forever since that angle on Raw back in December of 2014. Uh, they played off of Rollins, Costing, Edge, the Universal Championship of Money in the Bank last uh, last month. Um, I love the whole edge light comparisons for Rollins. I think a lot of people have said that in recent years. I see a lot of those comparisons. I've made them myself. I like this match a lot. This is the, to me, the perfect SummerSlam match. Attraction match, first time ever. Makes sense. Great use of both guys. Great promos. And it should be really good, too. So, I'm honestly, this is one of my favorite matches on the whole show. And it could be a fucking snooze fest. But I think this is going to be a really good match. And I'm a big fan of it. No, I think it's going to be a good match. Like I said, this is a, like an 0203 perfect like SummerSlam match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect build, no title on the line. Um, I think it's a good, like I said, a veteran uh, with a younger guy that had comparisons to the veteran here. But who wins? It's a little bit tough. I kind of want a softer win. I feel like he hasn't got a lot of big wins lately. Um, but you don't want Edge to keep losing either. I'll say Edge wins, and I'll continue it, but, um, yeah, I'll go with Edge here. I think Edge has got to win more than Rollins. I mean, technically, if you look at the win-loss records, obviously Rollins won on pay-per-view more recently, winning at, um, what was it, Hell in the Cell? He beat Cesaro one-on-one. If you look at, as far as big matches go, he lost at the Rumble. He lost to WrestleMania to Cesaro. He's lost a lot of big matches. This was a big match. He would be losing this, too. I don't know, I just feel like Edge needs to win more, and he's a part-timer, sure, but he's far more full-time than any of the other people on this card, or just in general. Um, I feel like he got to maintain his win-loss record, too. I mean, Edge, if you look at the wins that he's had since he's come back, he was in the Rumble when he first... I mean, he, he does not have the greatest win-loss record. He lost in the Rumble when he came back. That's a loss. He won at Mania, but then he lost to Orton at Backlash. As far as this year goes... He won at, or he lost rather at WrestleMania in the triple threat. He won the Rumble match, but then he went on to lose at Money in the Bank. I feel like he needs this win more to me. So I'm going to go with an edge win, and then uh, probably you can continue the feud right either here or go, you know, revisit it maybe down the road. Yeah, I would continue it. I would continue it. Yeah. And then maybe you could do Rollins and Reigns at some point. They've heavily teased that. I don't know if you would turn Rollins or what you would do there. Maybe this loss for Rollins really drives him over the edge. I don't know. I don't know what you would do with Edge beyond this feud. I mean, this, to me, was like the biggest feud you could do um, beyond him going for the championship. Maybe Edge and AJ at some point, if he goes over to Raw, I don't know, but um, that's that's one match that I would do. So we get to the final two matches here, the two biggest matches at SummerSlam, Mr. Marceau. First up, for the WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley versus the man, the myth, the legend himself, Goldberg, former four-time world champion. He's held gold in WCW. Former World Heavyweight Champion, two-time Universal Champion. Is it going to be a three-time, uh, or five-time, rather, World Champion on Saturday? I mean, if he does this, he would pull off the impossible in winning both the WWE Universal Championships and the world original World Heavyweight title and the WCW title. 
And as a stat guy myself, that'd be cool. I really don't want Goldberg to win here. I just feel like it's not a Goldberg issue. It's more so Lashley should not be losing to him. And we only know Goldberg works two matches a year. And the fact that Goldberg got the better of him on Monday, to me, tells me that Lashley is winning come Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, if Goldberg wins here, Jesus Christ. Um, it just does not need to happen. Lashley's been strong. needs to keep winning. Him losing to Goldberg would be like the fiend at that point. Um, keep, keep, keep the belt on Lashley. Uh, he's been doing good work. And have Goldberg go back to the retirement home. Yeah, I don't know what you would bring Goldberg back for, but again, this is the third straight pay-per-view match he's lost. And unlike Edge, I just feel like, I don't know, Edge can always wrestle more matches and get a win back or whatever. Goldberg, I just feel like they should have had him on the show doing anything else, like facing Baron fucking Corbin or something. Like just a quick squash to pop people and whatever and move on. Maybe you put money on the line if, if Corbin wins, which he obviously wouldn't. I don't know, I just feel like that'd be a better match or as far as like a better use of Goldberg than this. Because I really don't want him... Him losing again kind of hurts the momentum. It hurts his aura a little bit after going undefeated in WCW, although that was 20 years ago. And then Lashley losing would just be dumb. So, do we get a Money in the Bank cash-in on the show, Mr. Marceau? Whether it be here or in the Universal title match, do you think, from Big E? I don't believe so. And also, Corbin has the contract right now. So, maybe that's their way of working around the whole cash-in. Even Corbin could cash-in and become champion. Stupid. No, because you know, I just that's just dumb. I don't know. <laughs> that's WWE logic for you. Cool. That doesn't mean he's the, like. That's like that's like them letting him cash in. It's like John Cena signing Finn Balor's contract to face Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. No- that even, but even worse though, because he had a Biggie had to win the contract or win the Money in the Bank contract. That is, and the Corbin just taking it for himself makes absolutely no fucking sense. Unless he were to beat him for it in a match. Exactly. Yeah, and it's completely dumb. Uh, but I think Lashley wins here, and hopefully they can. You know, drag his title reign out even longer. He's been champion for over five months now, which is pretty impressive for, you know, a reign that I didn't think that would last all that long, to be honest with you, not because of Lashley, but because of WWE. Um, have you had a chance to watch Lashley's Broken School Sessions yet or no? I have not. I need to, though. You said there was a Ken Doan and Cornette drop in there. I need, I need, I got I to hear it. Literally in the span of like 30 seconds, he mentions both of them. It was an OVW story. He talks quite a bit about OVW. Blaster Lashley was his name at the time. Uh, it's a great interview. It's like 90 minutes, but it's definitely worth checking out. Do you think we see Brock Lesnar on Saturday in this match or, you know, afterward or on the show at all? Uh, I don't think so. Do you think we see any surprise returns or debuts on Saturday? I don't think we will. I thought WrestleMania, maybe, but on this show, unless it's Becky, eh, I, I, even then, I don't know where she fits in, so I'm going to say no, but what about you? Um, I mean, I feel like you could, if, if Bianca retained, you could have Becky come out and kind of be like, me and you next, but... Besides that, I, I don't know what else you'd do. Yeah, no, I agree. WWE Championship. Uh, no, that was the WWE Championship, my bad. Universal Championship on the line here. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Not for the first time ever. They had a match four years ago back in No Mercy. That was won by Reigns. Cena wins here. He becomes a record-breaking 17-time WWE World Champion. I don't think it's happening. I don't think it should happen. I've enjoyed Cena's return. The war of words with him and Roman has been great. The Balor stuff was weird. Um, but everything they've done with Roman and Cena, for the most part, has been great, aside from the contract shit. And I think the match is going to be good. I really enjoyed that first match they had. Now that Roman's a heel and fucking killing you right now, we say it every single week, or more specifically, you do, Mr. Marceau. Roman's a fucking star. I mean, I think to take the belt off of him would be dumb. Um, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns winning this match and uh, retaining the championship and Cena kind of going bye-bye again for a little while. Yeah, I mean, Roman Reigns win here. If Cena won, I'd, I'd be fucking pissed. I mean, You think so? 
the person to beat Roman has to be like up and coming. You can't have a like. I agree. Just made. You can't have him beat Roman. Like at this point, Roman's gone undefeated for so long, or hasn't lost in like over a year. So yeah, you can't have him lose the Cena. I'm sorry. And if he loses this match, it's also him cutting. It's him falling short of becoming champion for a full year, which he won't break for another week or two. Yeah, I, I think if he lost there, it would be one of the dumbest decisions they've ever made. Yeah, I, I don't know. I say that they won't do it, and I know that Cena has said before or has expressed no interest in wanting to break Ric Flair's record. Do you think they might book him to win just to spite Flair with him being released recently? I mean, I, I don't want to – I don't know. Honestly, I'm not really sure. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but this this company can be petty sometimes, so I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, so we'll see. Ric Flair should be getting down on a train right now. He's not worried about that. <laughs> Did you see that shit trending yesterday? Holy shit. I died laughing at that. <laughs> I died. I, I guess it wasn't him, and he was like, why would that be me? I don't even ride trains, which is a good point. Um, you wouldn't be caught dead in the train, but I thought that was pretty fucking funny. I am... I, I, I feel that I'm scarred for life after having scrolled past the photo. I didn't go out of my way to see it, but I saw it in the trending tab. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but the jokes that were coming out of it were pretty great. Um, but yeah, we got Roman Reigns winning on Saturday, still the Universal Champion. Uh, Mr. Marceau, that's that's SummerSlam in a nutshell on Saturday, TakeOver as well on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to breaking it down with your brother next week here on the show, probably talking about a Punk debut. I mean, he's probably, he's got to be showing up on Saturday, right? I mean, there, there's a well, Friday and Rampage. Probably. If, if he doesn't show up, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> there's going to be a riot in Chicago. People will, I think people will sue if he doesn't show up on Friday. <laughs> I, I think I mean, so. It's basically all but confirmed, but if he didn't show up, Jesus. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What do you think, quick question, the rating is going to be? I was going to tweet this out earlier. It's in the draft, so I still got to put it out there. But I saw people saying like, oh, 1.5 million, 1.3 million. Dude, the, the premiere episode, which honestly they stacked with three title matches, and they've been pushing it for a while, did 750,000 viewers. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It's good compared to the... Dynamites that were airing on Fridays in that same time slot, I I don't think that's an amazing number. I think it's a good number. I don't think this episode breaks a million at all. I honestly think it's going to be around at max. If the premiere episode did seven fifty, I don't think this breaks eight or nine hundred thousand. I really honestly think realistically it's going to do around eight hundred thousand viewers. I really people saying oh it's going to be well over a million. They're not even advertising the guy. They're just making you think that he's probably going to be there and he will be, but. They're going about it in a weird way, which I appreciate as a fan, but the same way advertising-wise, it's odd, you know? Yeah, I would say probably maybe, maybe 800, 850. I mean, if we're talking about Dynamite next week, then if he's going to be advertising the show, yeah, it'll be over a million, but I don't think that. Plenty of people might tape it, but that doesn't give you live ratings, unfortunately. Especially Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. It's just, it's just too fucking late for a lot of people, especially for... A show that's not dynamite. I mean, are a million people going to tune in to see John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia? Probably not, uh, considering it's the main event. And they went out of their way to say that was the main event on Wednesday's Dynamite. So we'll see. I mean, again, I'm a big punk guy. I want to be optimistic and say it's going to be over a million, but I, I don't want to overstate Punk's, you know, not drawing appeal, but like as far as his first appearance goes. I mean, backstage didn't really do all that well when he was on it and first came back years ago, but that was also on a channel no one really had, and that was also super late at night on a Tuesday. So who the fuck knows? But we'll find out on Friday. Um, come the potential debut of CM Punk, I'm looking forward to it. That much is for sure. But I'm also looking forward to this weekend SummerSlam. We got 
TakeOver on Sunday and everything else going on in the world of wrestling, Mr. Marceau. New episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. We're all over the place, Mr. Marceau. We'll be back next week talking all this stuff um, in, in addition to AEW a bit more next week and uh, giving you more of an experience in my time in Vegas, which I'm uh, very much missing you with right now. Can't wait. Mr. Marceau, have a great one, brother. I'll catch your ass down the road. You too.